Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On October 15, 2014, it was revealed that a nurse who had helped treat the first U.S. Ebola patient took an airplane trip after experiencing Ebola-like symptoms. The CDC admitted that the nurse did contact them and reported that she had a slightly elevated temperature. However, the temperature was not beyond a threshold set by the CDC, and she wasn't showing any other Ebola-like symptoms such as vomiting. And at the time, the CDC gave her permission to fly. The CDC later admitted that they shouldn't have done that and have now changed their policies. She flew from Cleveland to Dallas and was later transferred to a hospital in Atlanta for treatment. In the following interview from CTV Television of Canada, I discussed some of the issues that were raised by this event. Welcome back. We're learning some new details about a second nurse in Texas who's became infected, now infected, with Ebola. The woman has been identified by her family as Amber Vincent. Health officials say she took a flight just one day before being diagnosed. Vincent traveled from Cleveland to Dallas on a Frontier Airlines flight. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control says Vincent was not showing symptoms when she got on that flight. The CDC, though, now contacting all 132 passengers who were on board the same airplane. Joining us from Brookline, Massachusetts, for more on this is Todd Curtis. He is a flight safety analyst. Todd, your assessment of this story. Well, I believe that this is an example of the protocols that are in place are adequate when it comes to people who are exhibiting symptoms. But more thought has to be put into the situation where someone may have been exposed and may potentially pose a risk to those who travel with them. What does it mean in terms of entrance screenings to get on airplanes nowadays uh, in the United States and other countries when there is even the slightest risk, when you've got a healthcare worker who may have become exposed? I mean, this is sort of a huge challenge. It is a challenge because domestically, when it comes to U.S. flights, there are no screenings for people getting on board for Ebola or for other diseases. The screenings that are in place in the U.S. are for people entering the country, traveling from West Africa. Now, more to the point, there are some guidelines from the CDC when it comes to travel if you believe you've been exposed to Ebola. And obviously this person had been exposed. What isn't clear is whether or not this person knowingly got on a plane and went traveling. But this brings up another issue. If someone is not symptomatic, someone may be unknowingly carrying Ebola and not know it and possibly infect the other people on a train, on a bus, on an aircraft. What are the chances that the other 132 passengers, some of them anyway, might be infected? Well, it's very low because, for one, from all reports, she wasn't uh, symptomatic at the time. She wasn't sweating or vomiting or uh, doing the things that put people at high risk for Ebola. At the same time, it's possible that even though she wasn't exhibiting symptoms, she could have had bodily fluids uh, go on surfaces of the, air, of the aircraft and therefore put other passengers at risk. While the CDC hasn't stated that this is a transmission uh, probability, it isn't something that hasn't been totally ruled out just yet. Todd, is there a way to have prevented this? There's no real way to prevent it unless there are put into place protocols that really restrict the travel of anyone who's even treating someone with Ebola. Again, there are several hospitals in the U.S. that are treating patients with Ebola. Only one of them has had a situation where a health professional has been exposed and has come down with Ebola. So it could be just a situation where the protocols in that hospital have to be adjusted. 
you, you ask, you wonder the question, though, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, how realistic is it to say that anyone who works at Texas Presbyterian or works at, you know, Emory in Atlanta or any of these other hospitals that might be affected to sort of basically block them from traveling on trains or buses or planes for a period of 21 days? It could be very, very expensive and very prohibitive. Now, it's possible to travel, just not in public transportation. Uh, I don't believe the U.S. government will be putting into play uh, fleets of private or government aircraft to shuttle around uh, medical professionals. I don't think they'll go that far. But at the same time, what has happened in Dallas is indicative of whatever procedures are in place may not be, may not, may not be adequate. And the CDC has to go back and do their homework and figure out what went wrong, what to do to prevent it in the future. Todd, great to have you on the program. Thanks for your expertise. Well, thanks again for having me. For more information about Ebola and airline travel, please visit ebola.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.